When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back for another week of chronicling the ongoing bull market in silver and gold. Now, I'm recording this midday on Friday and certainly it doesn't feel like a bull market every single day. And and that's certainly evident today. As I speak, silver's trading around $17.50 an ounce. Gold trading around or under $1,500 an ounce. Now, with some recent developments just within the last hour or two regarding this this trade deal with China or, or further escalation, which I'll be getting to here in a second, that could certainly change by the end of the day. But but this week as a whole has been very much up and, and down. It's you know It started the week with a, a big move up, especially in silver. And then around midweek, it, it took a nosedive. And, and as we wrap up the week here, it's taking a bit of another nosedive. Again, silver trading around 1750, gold around uh, 1500. Now, thankfully, they, they are finding support, especially gold, which in terms of finding support, I, th- I would argue is even more important than, than silver finding support. And, and gold has found it pretty neatly around 1480, 1490, several times over the past few weeks. Silver hasn't been as consistent today and, and overnight dropping uh, well below 1750. Uh, but but gold has, has held steady and, and that's really what I'm worried about in terms of, of finding support, right? And, and it has, so that's encouraging. Now with silver, having a harder time finding support. We have seen the gold to silver ratio move up a fair bit this week, actually currently sitting around 85 and a half last time I checked. Uh, quite a bit of a move up considering it wasn't that long ago that we were actually looking at silver, uh, gold to silver ratio around 80 to one, or in fact, I think it was briefly below 80 to one within the last month, month and a half. Um, but again, we'll see where this is heading even by the end of the day or over the weekend in terms of this trade deal or perhaps a further uh, devolving of, of this trade talks with China and the United States. And in fact, I want to get to that next. You know, I do want to talk about ratios, gold and silver ratios to other assets. In fact, specific, specifically today, I'll be talking about the stock market and then looking at that ratio targets we can look for in terms of trading precious metals for stocks at some point in the future, probably the far off future, right? Certainly not anytime soon. Uh, but I do want to talk about targets as well as the merits of stocks in a or in a recessionary or post-recessionary environment. Uh, before you get to that, I do want to talk some about these these trade talks. Now, yesterday I was actually on on Twitter just reading through some different tweets from people I follow, including a gentleman by the name of Kyle Bass, which many of you guys may be familiar with. He's a he's been a long time uh, China bear as well as a a major critic of the Chinese communist regime, which I like. Uh, Somebody that can not only be bearish in their economy, but also see their regime for what it is. And that's a a very abusive uh, state, a very abusive party, 
right? Especially as we're learning more and more about their targeting of minorities like Uyghur uh, Muslims. Uh, Tibetans obviously have been a target by the Chinese regime for a long time. Uh, but as we learn more and more about this, it's, you know, I think that the pressure is going to further mount on them. Not that they'll care, right? Uh, if they cared, they wouldn't be doing this in the first place. Uh, but this will come more and more to light. And, and many times, you know, I have talked about the communist or socialistic tendencies of the United States or Europe in the past. But uh, all things considered, we're in a much better place than, than China. And that's something to be grateful for. We do have far, far more liberties than a country such as China. Anyways, I was reading his thread that, that he was posting about uh, some meetings that he was having with, uh, not so much meetings he was having, but a an individual from China, uh, actually the head of, of the Chinese equivalent of the SEC, that was meeting with some different members of Congress uh, from the like Finance and Banking Committee or something like that. I forget the exact name. And he was, he was talking about the flow of U.S. dollars, U.S. investment dollars into Chinese stocks, Chinese investments, right? And, and basically trying to talk about why these, these are worth still investing in, right? It's, it's uh, pretty common through tools such as the MSCI indexes which uh, are, are good measures of, they're, they're, they're tools, I won't say good tools, but they're tools, ETFs, or similar to ETFs, allowing you to invest worldwide in various regions or, or whatever. And, and what that means is they have to choose various companies to put money into in places like China or, or elsewhere, right? If you want to invest in African stocks, I mean, the MSCI has to find ways to to get you exposure to African stocks. The same thing is true for China, right? And and the reason I'm bringing this up is because of this re- recent, you know, just within the last couple hours, escalation of this trade war with China, uh, where we're seeing the Trump administration is considering cutting U.S. exposure through things like U.S. pension funds and whatnot, exposure to uh, Chinese markets and, and Chinese firms, meaning that in the past they, they allocated a certain percentage of their funds to Chinese stocks, to Chinese companies, and that they're going to cut that exposure, potentially, right? This is all in the works. This isn't final or anything. There's just rumors that the stock market and the yuan both drop significantly on. Now, the, the problem with that for, for China is, is kind of obvious, right? Less money flowing into Chinese stocks and investments is damaging to the price. I mean, it's simply supply and demand. That's, that's, that should be news to, to any of you. However, it also does tie into this Kyle Bass, and, and I would encourage you to ch- follow him on Twitter and, and, and check out this, this thread of his. The, the challenge that China is, is dealing with right now is not just their problem with, with not garnering enough investment to keep their stock market propped up, uh, investment from, from around the world. But it also has to do with their short of the U.S. dollar. And, and not maybe a short in the sense that they're betting on it going down, but short in the sense that they, they need dollars, right? Uh, and, and that's not, they're, they're not alone, right? We've seen this dollar squeeze, this euro dollar squeeze, this dollar crisis worldwide in different flavors, different colors along the way for over a year now, right? Last year, it was places like Turkey and Brazil and Indonesia and 
South Africa that that were really caught in this dollar squeeze and, and their currencies were absolutely hammered, right? Well, many different emerging markets, including China, if you want to call them an emerging market, uh, are also you know have a large amount of of debt that is denominated in U.S. dollars that they have to service or, or pay off. Uh, they also just in general have a lot of dollar funding requirements in their country, and that's a serious constraint for their financial system right now is not being able to get enough dollars. Of course, they can get dollars, but it's at you know what cost? When you talk about dollar shortage. It's, you know, when there's a shortage of something, the cost goes up. And in the case of dollars, it's usually, or, or any currency, we're talking about the, the interest rate to, to borrow these currencies goes up, right? And so this is a serious problem for China. And if the U.S. all of a sudden starts feeding fewer of our dollars to China, instead allocates them to domestic companies or other companies abroad or other uh, countries abroad, then that's, that's a serious problem for China. And I think that there's going to be more and more talk about this in the coming days if this these new regulations actually go through, if this is a further escalation of the trade war, which I expect it to be, right? It might not go through this time around, but but I see no evidence that this trade deal is, is at all coming to a, a conclusion that some of this trade deal is going to get worked out, that this trade war is coming to a conclusion that things are going to all of a sudden be better and, and, and the S&P is going to be at 3500 next week or something crazy like that. No, I, if anything, things are f- continuing to escalate and, and things like tariffs are continuing to take a toll on the U.S. and the Chinese economy, right? Really upping the ante uh, day by day, week by week. So I want to talk about that and, and we'll see where, where that takes precious metals by the end of the day or even over the weekend. We'll see if there's further escalation. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but certainly... Uh, a lack of escalation or, or news of more trade talks with China, it could cause metals to drop further. Uh, but I wouldn't buy into that too much at this point in the game. Uh, don't get me wrong. Metals will be just fine even if we do get a trade deal. Uh, but I'm still very doubtful that we will get a trade deal. And for so for every time you hear rumors about more trade talks, it means that eventually those are likely to be countered by a further escalation of this trade war. More tariffs, talks being called off, etc. Now, moving on, I did want to talk about the ratio of silver and gold to other assets. Now, I talked about the gold to silver ratio, but a big theme that I've been pushing in this series as of late is the idea that we should be comparing silver and gold to other asset groups, whether that's real estate, land, and of course, stocks. Uh, Stocks and, and silver and gold oftentimes are seen as very much opposite assets. Uh, but something I talk about a lot in, in, on my channel is that, yes, I'm bullish on silver and gold. But when I do eventually cash out of at least some of my position, it's likely not to be just for cashing out for dollars, right? Because I, I'm not a fan of dollars, uh, their long-term feasibility and whatnot, right? I'm going to be cashing out for some other asset, including stocks potentially, right? And so what we've seen this week is is not a ton of movement in the uh, ratio comparing gold and, and silver to something like the S&P. I mean, the gold to S&P ratio remains around two to one, meaning two ounces of gold to buy uh, the S&P 500. Uh, for silver, it's, it's inching close to 170. It might've dropped with the stock market dropping recently, but close to 170 ounces of silver to buy the S&P 500. And I think it's a good time to talk about some rock hard 
targets to be looking for. Specifically for gold, we'll start off with a gold to S&P 500 ratio uh, to consider when to maybe trade some of that gold or silver for S&P 500 or, or just stocks as a whole, whatever stocks you might like, value stocks, dividend stocks, whatever. You know, right now we're sitting around two to one, two ounces to buy the S&P. And I think it's extremely feasible in the next year even, year and a half, to see that ratio drop to, to an even one to one. I mean, if you think about it, if we could see something like a, uh, what, a 30% drop in the S&P 500, which would equate to 900 points, I believe, right? Somebody check my math there. 10% would be 300 points if we're going to say the S&P is at 3,000. So 30% would be 900 points. So we're talking about 2,100. That is extremely possible, right? And, and if anything, that might be conservative, right? We did 40, we could see a 50% drop. We could see the S&P at 1,500. And bam, we're already at a one-to-one ratio. But even if we're just going to say a 30% drop, 2100 because it's unlikely that the 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 bottom for the uh, S&P is going to necessarily coincide with the top for gold. Uh, it's very possible that we could see gold move up to all-time highs and be around 2000 2100 or even higher at, during that same time period. And bam, already we have a one-to-one ratio. Now, if, if you want my honest feelings about it, I think we're, we're going to see something much lower than a one-to-one ratio. We could move to to where gold is is several hundred uh, above several hundred dollars above where the S and P is at, uh, and and we could be looking at a 0. 0.9, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7 ratio, but but anything under a 0.1 would potentially be a bit of a buy signal. Now, two caveats to that: first of all, don't take any of this as investment advice. Second of all. Stay tuned for the rest of this uh, podcast because I want to talk more about the merits of, of stocks, trading precious metals for stocks in the future, right? But first, I want to talk about silver relative to the S&P. As I said, around 170 to 1. In terms of targets, I think something along the lines of 40, 30, even 20 to 1 is very much possible, right? Let's say... Your target for the bottom in the gold to silver ratio is 30 to 1. And, and for many of you, it's much, much lower. It's 10 to 1, 20 to 1. Let's say 30 to 1, okay? And let's say gold is at a 1 to 1 with the S&P 500. Well, already, you're looking at a 30 ounces of silver to buy the S&P. But if we're talking about the gold to S&P ratio being down to you know, 0.8, right? We're looking at even less than 30 ounces of silver to buy the S&P 500. And so those are some targets, again, that I'd be looking for to, to move out of metals if you want to buy stocks on the cheap. Now, I also want to talk about the merits of stocks, though. The merits of stocks in terms of trading precious metals for them in some sort of recessionary environment. First of all, I do think that, that it would be more advantageous to to trade for stocks than it would be to trade for just straight up fiat currency and sit in cash, right? For for obvious reasons. I probably don't need to explain that to many of you guys. However, that doesn't mean stocks are going to be risk-free even after they've dropped 30, 40, 50%. Uh, because, you know, I think many times we have this idea in our head that the next stock bear market is going to be followed by a very similar to bull market to, to what we've seen over just the last 10 years, or even after the dot-com bubble popped, right? Both of those periods, 
were were significant marked by significant drops in the stock market and then were followed up by like you know in the case of of 2001 to 2008 like a seven year bull market and then following 2009 when i think the stock market bottom i think it's 2009 to to 2019 i mean that's 10 years right and it was a huge move up right despite many bears along the way i mean being bullish on stocks along the way paid off now it doesn't mean that that's always what you should be is is long stocks but it's it's paid off i don't see that happening next time around necessarily right there's really two possibilities that i see occurring a the us and and much of the western world moves into a a stock market environment an equity environment similar to what japan has seen over the past few decades the japanese stock market the nikkei index if i remember correctly of course i wasn't alive but just from reading charts uh topped back in 1980s maybe early 1990s uh many decades ago and it hasn't found that top again yet Yes, I mean, it's moved up along the way, but as a whole, when we're talking about decades, right, that's decades of lost investments. It's not a lost investment if you bought at the bottom, but it's certainly not as as large a returns as, let's say, the S&P or the NASDAQ has seen in the last 10 years on a year-over-year basis, right? For example, let's say the S&P has been at an 8% yield. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, the the Nikkei has been at say a five percent, and and again I don't know the exact numbers there, but but just for example, I mean the yield is much much lower. Now I do think that the valuations would move up pretty significantly off of the bottom in such an environment. Yeah, obviously, but it wouldn't be maybe the bull market that many of us would anticipate. And something to keep in mind that it could be happening in tandem with a a many decade long bull market in precious metals, and many people including Russell, Russell, uh, Russell Napier has, has predicted in the past. So that's kind of scenario number one. Scenario number two is how will stocks perform in a high inflationary or even hyperinflationary environment? Stocks, I don't think they're going to perform nearly as well as precious metals in such an environment. However, they will perform better than things like bonds and fiat currencies solely because they represent at least some value. In that type of environment... Stocks can perform very well. Again, maybe not as well as precious metals, but they can perform well. But they're, they are, they would still be uh, fraught with risk because it's, it's not necessarily the best for business to be in a hyperinflationary or a high inflationary environment for, for obvious reasons. It's difficult to run a company when you're looking at a hundred plus percent inflation year over year or even 20% inflation. 10% inflation. It would be very difficult for many companies to survive. There'd be many that would, don't get me wrong, right? Um, but for many companies, it would be very difficult because, you know, if you're, if you're a company like Apple, if you're a company like, um, Amazon or something, and then you rely primarily on consumption from, from U.S. citizens, uh, and of course, I mean, they sell abroad, but let's say that's what you largely rely on. Well, eh, consumption is going to drop if the overall standard of living and the value of the dollar is also dropping on, on, you know, 10% basis on uh, year over year or 20 or hundred, whatever it might be. Right. And so, yes, those stocks, I think are going to be bid up to some extent, 
Um, but partly it's just me bit, being having them bid, bid up because the dollar is dropping. And part of it's just going to be because investors are looking for, for something to throw their dollars into because their dollars are going to be losing value on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, right? Um, so that's another potential scenario. Of course, neither of those could be true. We could have a move up in the stock market similar to what we've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, but, but I think that's doubtful. I mean, this last 10 years has largely been fueled by credit growth and, and liquidity growth. And, and I think the ability of the Federal Reserve to, to stimulate that is, is coming to an end, right? And, and I think we're going to see the end during this period of, of recession. And so that's going to leave us in a very difficult position, leave the stock market in a difficult position. So, you know, my perspective is that I would never, of course, don't take any of this as investment advice, but I would never trade all of my silver or all of my gold and throw it into the stock market, even if we're looking at a very attractive ratio. But I think that buying when there's blood on the streets in the stock market or any asset is a good policy and that doing so will offer us a fair bit of, of chance for returns if we do that, you know, when the stock market, when... Uh, when the stock market's bottoming and when precious metals are at a much higher level, right? Uh, with that being said, that's hardly the only asset that would be on my radar. And I want to follow up with others in the future, including trading silver for gold, maybe at some point gold back for silver in the future, as well as some talk about other maybe harder assets that we can own. Harder in the sense that they're something we can actually hold. I'm talking land, real estate, rental properties, things of that nature, right? And I think that those assets, especially if, if they are representing real land or real value or ongoing income in the case of something like rental properties, um, could represent a much greater value uh, if you know you do it at the right time and if you're, you're buying in at a good price and, and selling silver and gold at a good price. So stay tuned for that in future uh you know, weekly wrap-up videos chronicling this bull market in silver and gold. Of course, we're, we're this is all hypothetical at this point. Uh, again, if anything, this has been a bit of a down week for silver and gold. Uh, but we know this bull market is is still young, and we have a long ways to go here. And if we're talking decades long, even a decade-long bull market in silver and gold, many opportunities will present themselves along the way. And I think it's time that we start, or I should say stop, thinking in, in just dollar terms, you know, when should I sell silver? When should I sell gold in terms of dollar terms or euros or pounds or whatever currency we're talking about and start thinking about at what point should I be trading this for some other asset that is going to increase my overall financial stability or wealth or ability to preserve wealth in the future. As always, if you enjoy my work, the number one thing you can do to help me out, you've already done, and that is watch this video or listen to this podcast. If you want to go above and beyond, liking and commenting helps me out a ton. You can share this. Obviously, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're in the podcast world, you can also subscribe. I'd love to have you tuning into to every single episode on your commute or whenever you choose to listen. Uh, but, but you also can use other ways to, to help me out, such as uh, leaving a review for me on whatever platform you listen to me through. Uh, additionally, you can support me through Patreon for as little as a dollar a month or much, much more. There's an affiliate link down below in the description if you want to purchase medals through SD Bullion. Those are all great ways to help me out, and I appreciate them uh, immensely, and I think that I'm going to need that support now more than ever 
uh, as I continue to try and provide uh, high quality content, but but you know YouTube and and other media outlets continue to kind of clamp down on on this type of thinking. Uh, so as always, I'm ha- happy to have you guys here in the first place. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, for listening to this podcast, and God bless.